for two Kickers are extra, I give them the boo Ooh, going for two Sit back, relax while I grab me a brew Ooh, now I'm reclining While putting my time and I'm ready to go My spine is aligning And much my my lineups, my bank account grow I am so rich But knowledge is all that I'm leaving it with Ooh, listen to this Multiple options, how far can I get? Ooh, DFS Dynasty Reader tonight, I'm not finishing last I'm finishing past any and all I am looking to last what else? This spot is popping and I am so locked in And only opening the door when it is opportunity knocking And all of these spots keep on talking and talking So what are we talking? We're kind of alarming and running it deep Even players forgotten or came from the bottom Or hitting that topping and this spot is popping Yeah, this spot is popping and This is the arm chat yeah. Put up your arms, yeah Sound the alarm, yeah What is going on, guys, and welcome to episode 299. We're one episode away from 300. Uh, this, of course, is the Armchair Fancy Show. We can find us on the Going For Two Live network on YouTube, uh, Twitter, Facebook Live, and Twitch, and, of course, syndicated on all major podcast networks. I'm here with my single co-host tonight. Uh, unfortunately, Gerson is uh, a little under the weather. He couldn't make it tonight. We thought maybe he'd pull a Jordan flu game, but he's not going to make it tonight. So, uh, Tim, what's up, man? So, yeah, I'm still holding out. Yeah, he might show up mid-show. I haven't <laughs> given up hope. But uh, I'm ha- yeah, uh, glad to be here. Uh, week 13, I can't believe it. How, do, how are we already at week 13? Uh, feels like this year's kind of flown by. But uh, coming off a good week for me, man. Uh, great Thanksgiving day. Good, good day on Sunday. So I want to keep it rolling. Good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. So, yeah, our last show was the, 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 uh, the show before Thanksgiving. <laughs> so it's been a little bit before we were on here. Uh, I see Jared in the chat right there talking trash about my my Pelicans jersey. <laughs> uh, they're actually good this year, so I can wear this jersey. So I, you know, I don't get, I don't, it's not not much chance I get to wear this jersey. So I'm wearing it tonight. Yeah. So yeah, I, I had a good Thursday as well. I also a, a really good Sunday, probably my best Sunday of the year so far. I, I crushed it on Sunday. Um, so yeah, definitely a a good couple of days there. Let's go ahead and get into the rewind. The weekly rewind. Rewind, rewind. All right, one good, one bad. Tim, what you got? Yeah, my one good was Geno Smith. Uh, I said he was going to be my cash game quarterback. Ended up having 24 DraftKings points, so he more than paid off his salary. Uh, But more than anything, the one good last week was our show's accuracy. Uh, We did the show on Wednesday. Not only were all of our Thanksgiving plays good, uh, but a lot of our Sunday plays, including one you're going to talk about here in a second, we're all still not only viable, but basically locks by Sunday morning. So for a show we did Wednesday, man, I thought we did really good. Absolutely. Uh, my one bad was Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, he ended up getting cleared, right? Supposed to be full participant, uh, but he didn't play a full uh, full slate, right, last week. And uh, we, we learned that Patrick Mahomes tried to tell us the truth. Uh, he's going to spread the ball around and uh, not go to any one receiver, not named Travis Kelsey. So yep. I don't know if I'll be playing too much of him moving forward. Yeah, agreed. His price goes back down to a reasonable price. All right, so my one good you alluded to. Uh, I made this call on Wednesday before he became the super chalk. Um, Rashad White, of course, Fournette was ruled out on Sunday, or maybe it was Saturday. But then, of course, Rashad White became the, one of the highest owned players on the slate. Uh, but he was my lock of the week last week. I went a little uh, dangerous with the lower price player, and it paid off. Uh, my one bad, I had it as a alternative to Tyree Kill. I went Jalen Waddle, and they both ended up being terrible. So <laughs> neither one of them were very good last week. That that game in general, if you played Tua or any of those receivers, you probably came out of there not very happy. 
Um, and I know that was a popular stack last week too, getting the, at least one of those receivers in, in Tua in there, and it just didn't pan out that way. All right. Yeah, basically our guys last week were uh, Kenneth Walker, Jeff Wilson, and Rashad White, and all of those guys ended up being chalked by Sunday morning. So yep. I think we kind of nailed that. Absolutely, and it's funny on uh, on a um, on on Walker. Like I was debating, you know, they had that Sunday morning uh, break when they had um, who was it? They got ruled out. Was it? Uh, I can't think who it was now. Oh, so uh, I don't remember who it was. Somebody got ruled out on Sunday, and he became sort of a, a, a popular switch. And I left Walker in my mm-hmm. lineup because we had him as a lock. Uh, ended up paying off because I almost put him in my cash lineup, and it would definitely would have killed me for the week. <laughs> All right, let's get to the quarterbacks. Let's talk quarterbacks. <laughs> All right, Tim, we'll go to you first here. Give me your uh, one of your elite quarterbacks here. Yeah, you got to start at the top with uh, Patrick Mahomes, man. His MVP run continues. He is 8,300. He's the most expensive quarterback on the slate, but you got to pay for him. It's the best game of the slate, right? Like, this is the game, the the rematch, right, of the AFC title game. Uh, hopefully, two teams will probably end up seeing in the playoffs, but uh, this is the game of the day. You have to have some exposure, right? I don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to be your cash game quarterback, but I think if you're playing tournaments, it's going to be a popular stack. Uh, but for good reason, right? It's it's the game of the week. Yeah, I think it's with the highest total on the slate, like 52 and a half last I checked, I think. I don't know if it's gone up since then, but um, definitely one of those games you want to have some exposure to somehow, some way, get a piece of this game for sure. Yeah, I have it at 53 currently. 53, so yeah, right in that range. Still still one of the high, one of the highest on this slate, obviously, and one of the highest we've seen all year. Yeah, they have the highest implied total on the slate at almost 28 points, Nice, right? So there are a few other teams... Uh, at like 25, 26, but they're pretty much alone at that point. Yeah, so my uh, my elite quarterback is going to be Jalen Hurts versus Tennessee. We talked about Tennessee being sort of a funnel defense. They are really good against the run, not so much against the pass. Uh, and I don't really include against the run when you talk about the quarterback position. It's more for the running backs. So I don't think they're going to slow Hurts down. If he decides he wants to scramble, I do think he's still going to get his yards uh, and at 8K, I think he gives you a little bit of relief from, from Patrick Mahomes if you want to pay up for the quarterback. Um, so Jalen Hurts will be my elite quarterback. Um, you have one more guy in the elite. I have him as a mid-tier. He's kind of on that sort of uh, precipice there. Give me your uh, last quarterback there. I agree. Uh, yeah, he's he's the big question of the week, right? Uh, we saw Jalen Hurts absolutely destroy my Packers on uh, Sunday Night Football. Uh, both through the air and on the ground. And there's a good chance Justin Fields does it to us this week. So uh, it's going to be real tough. Um, I, you know, we've seen him have those 100-plus yard rushing games. At 7,400, he's, you know, almost 1,000 cheaper than Mahomes. And we've, you know, he's got two games this year over 40 DraftKings points. So um, I think his options for stacking are kind of tough. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to be harder for me to not want to play him in cash if he really is 100%. Yeah, hundred percent agree, and I think uh, you're right. I think you run him naked. I don't know if you can stack him with maybe Cole Komet, maybe, but even that, I don't love it. So I, I think you run him yeah. naked. All right, we'll move yeah. down into the move down into the mid tier here, um, and I'm gonna go with uh, the other half of that Mahomes game that we just talked about with the highest game total, uh, Mr. Joe Burrow, uh, KC's 18th uh, DBA versus the pass. Uh, they they give up, you know. I think it was last what last playoffs. It was what Burrow had 400 plus yards and four touchdowns mm-hmm. in that game. Um, yeah. So uh, the chiefs, you know, in, in general, 
uh, Burrow's been really good against the Chiefs. He is averaging 29.7 fancy points per game against them. So uh, definitely love Burrow this week. Obviously, stacking options are pretty obvious. Uh, Jamar Chase is also going to be back, so that's definitely going to help. Um, so, yeah, I, I love Burrow this week in that yeah, Kansas City Yeah, and he game. averages almost five DraftKings points more when Chase is in the game versus out. It's like 21 versus 26. So Good stuff. I know he's also going to be one of the most popular options at, at cash for quarterback. Absolutely, because you're getting you know a big discount from Mahomes, but you're still getting exposure to that game there. I, I do love Burrow this exactly. week. What you got for your mid-tier? Uh, well, before we go any further, I, I want to mention this as a fade, is I'm fading Deshaun Watson this week. Uh, I know that's one of the higher total games on the slate. I've heard some people talk about playing Deshaun Watson in cash. I think it's crazy. This dude hasn't played in almost two years, right? And when he played in the preseason, he looked like shit. So, like, okay, I get it's against the Houston Texans, but, um, you know, you run the ball against the Houston Texans, right? I mean, their passive, you know, defense isn't excellent, but I think Cleveland's game plan going into this game is going to be setting up easy plays for Watson and trying to run the ball. And so at 6,500, he's not a value, right? There's, you know, two or three different quarterbacks we're going to talk about that are cheaper than him that I think have the same floor. Uh, so I'm, uh, I'm fading Watson for the most part. Yeah, I'm with you as well. Especially with Njoku out. I think that hurt him a good bit. Yeah, agreed. And yeah, I'm definitely fading Watson as well. I want to see it. You know, we haven't seen it in almost two years. And I just, you know, it's going to be not only is it going to be his first game in two years, but the emotion and everything else that's going into that game, it's going to be a, a crazy atmosphere. So um, definitely not want any piece of Watson. So my other mid-tier uh, quarterback, I'm sorry, go ahead, Tim. What are you going to say? No, no, go ahead. We have the same guy remaining. Go ahead. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll talk about a little bit about uh, Justin Herbert. Uh, of course, we've mentioned many times on this show to to Gerson's just, uh, dismay that Vegas are not good against the pass. They are actually dead last DVOA versus the pass. Uh, Herbert obviously has got Keenan Allen back. Um, it looks like DeAndre Carter and jo- Josh Palmer are carrying the, the Mike Williams torch pretty well. So giving some good options there. And of course, you still got Eckler coming out of the backfield to catch passes as well. Uh, yeah. Herbert at 7.2 is a, is a really nice looking option. Yeah, I had a stat. So six times this year, a quarterback has thrown the ball on more than 80% of plays. Three of those times, it was Justin Herbert. So they are just pass, pass, pass right now. They have one of the worst run-blocking offensive lines in the league, and they know it. So they know what they have to do, uh, which means that, you know, it, it's just stack the passing game. And with Mike Williams unlikely to play, you know exactly where you're, where you're going to go. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, let's move down into the value tier and pick one of your values there. Yeah, I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence because I know you want to talk about the other guy. Uh, it's running um, running quarterbacks. Any quarterback that can run even a little bit, you play against the Detroit Lions. Um, and really, you play every quarterback against the Detroit Lions regardless, right? Uh, some people call it the, the carnival or the course field or whatever you want to call it. You just play quarterbacks against the Lions, especially at home because they tend to run up the score. Right, very likely for this game to overshoot the total. Um, let's see, they are just had they're projected twenty six and a half points, but I mean, again, I think that game could overshoot. So at fifty nine hundred, he seems, uh, you know, he's definitely a value. I don't know that he's too cheap, but I think to fit in the other guys we want to get, 
that's where I'm probably going to end up filling in cash. Good stuff. Yeah, I had a stat on him. I actually got in an argument uh, in one of my dynasty leagues over over Trevor Lawrence. Some guy was trying to convince me that he'd be out of the league in two years. <laughs> so I was like, let me go get some stats on this guy. So since week nine, he has a 76.9 completion percentage, which is just insane. Yeah. Uh, he's got three straight games with a passer rating over 100. No INTs in the last three games. In his last two games, he's got 21 and 29 fantasy points. So he's he's balling out right now. Uh, I think we're kind of seeing the evolution of Trevor Lawrence. And against the Detroit Lions team, it's going to be a, a fun game to watch. And I think Lawrence is going to be up to the task for sure. Yeah, he's had two games this year with six rushes. One game he had 53 yards. So he can get, you know, especially if they get in close, he very well may run it in. Absolutely. And uh, the guy you referred to, uh, you, you, I think you made a joke on uh, Facebook that it's like, the, what is it, death taxes and Jeff picking home golf uh, for his dynasty, for his DFS lineups. That is correct. Yes, yeah. sir. I'm going Jared Goff. I, I've mentioned it many times on this show before, but Jared Goff averages uh, over 19 fancy points per game at home, only 11 on the road. Jack's pass defense is 30th in the league, DVOA. Uh, second highest game total on the slate. I think I have it at 51 and a half. I don't know what you have it at, Tim, but it's going to be very high scoring. Um, this game's going to be, this game is kind of the the cheaper version of the Chiefs Cincinnati game. You, you can get some good cheap pieces in this yeah. offense in this game as well. So um, I think yeah, mixing those. I have it at 51. 51. Yeah, I think kind of mixing mix and matching those two games can definitely definitely pay off for you in this, in this, uh, this week. So uh, I yeah, like. He's a little cheaper than T Law. Exactly. He's 5.3. Uh, you got one more guy there. I almost put him, but I just couldn't uh, bring myself well, to do it. Well, I have it. two, and I really it's really one other game, and I think that this game will go a little bit lower owned, and that's the Minnesota and Jets game, the Vikings and Jets. Um, when I first looked at the slate, when I do my first look, you know, when you're on, early in the week and you're first pulling up the slate, I put Mike White because I felt like 5,400 was still not, you know, was still too cheap, right? And so I like Kirk Cousins on the other side. Because um, I, you know, I feel like they tend to to play better at home, but uh, I, I feel like I'm going to go about the Mike White train for another week. And you're yeah. not going to be able. We'll talk about this later, but they're not going to be able to run the ball. He's going to have to throw the ball probably 40 times in this game. And at 5400, he has the potential to have another three touchdown game. He yeah. could win somebody a million dollars. We've already seen him do it before. Why not do it again? Absolutely. Absolutely. The Vikings are basically the worst team in the league against the pass, right? They don't give up the most points to quarterbacks, but, I mean, they're way up there still. So I, I love Mike White. Yep, good stuff. Yeah, I actually wrote up, uh, we'll get to him a little bit later, but Garrett Wilson, and I just I put the first statement in there was, it's Mike White's world, we're just living in it, because <laughs> he, he definitely balled out last week for sure. No one saw that coming. Absolutely. You got one more guy you want to talk about? Yeah, that was just the guy on the other side of that game was Kirk Cousins. I talked about him a little bit. I think you can stack either side of that game. Um, I just like White because he's a little bit cheaper. And I know the Wilson is going to be really, really chalky. Um, I actually don't. And we'll talk about a couple guys later. But um, if you want to get off that game, I think there are some other options you can go with. All right. Let's go ahead and jump into tight ends. Did somebody say tight ends? All right. So we got our copy-paste guy. We're just going to call Travis Kelsey <laughs> copy-paste. Go ahead and talk about Kelsey real quick. Yeah, he has his own tier every week. And it's in this. we've said that from the beginning of the season that he was on his own tier. And he's proving it week in and week out. He's seven points above the next highest scoring tight end. He's just he's own, you know, his own dude every week. Last week, he had a kind of tough matchup against your 49ers, right? This week, he gets a much more favorable matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals. 
uh, last year in that AFC title game. Like I mentioned, he had 10 catches for 95 yards, and that was with Tyreek Hill. And we've seen him even become more of a focal point in this offense. Um, nobody really has the upside that Travis Kelsey does. And we're going to talk about a guy here in a second that I think could have just as big of a week. Um, but, you know, he's, he's at that price now for a reason. I don't think he's any more you know, a value, uh, but he gives you a ceiling at tight end, like I said, week in, week out that almost nobody else can. Yeah, I agree 100%. I don't know if you saw, but uh, MVS, of course, plays for the Chiefs as well. He put a tweet out that said, uh, has a tight end ever won MVP? Because I might know a guy. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Kelsey's in the tier of his own. He's a beast. So we, we have him literally in his own tier. Um, all right, let's get to the next tier down. Lock, lock it, it in. in. All right, you got your lock of the week here, Tim. I do. This one, I'm going a little bit off the board. And I told you that in uh, the pre-show. Because this one, I just I feel like you have to play it this week. And it's George Kittle at tight end for 5K. Um, Debo, you said, is unlikely to play. I know he's been kind of banged up. Christian McCaffrey is banged up. Uh, they're in a situation where they're playing against a Dolphins team that are basically the third worst in the league in points given up to tight ends. So, I mean, you're looking at other guys people are going to talk about, like we'll talk about here in a second, that are, you know, 5,200, 4,300. And I just don't think that they have the upside that George Kittle does. So because of some of the value that's come out this week, I think you can afford to pay 5K for George Kittle because I think he has a you know realistic 20, 25-point game incoming. Yeah, I love Kittle this week. I had the same stats you did. Third, you know, They give up the third most points, no Debo. Uh, Christian McCaffrey banged up the whole nine. It's setting up for a, a perfect George Kittle game. And they're going to have to score in this game because the Dolphins are going to score. So they're going to have to score back. So it's not going to be a game where Kittle's blocking the entire game. So Yeah, I don't have the exact number. I was trying to look it up real quick in the pre-show, but I think I read that he averages like 18 DraftKings points in games that Debo doesn't play. Nice. So, I mean, at that point, it's almost a lock, right? At 5K, that's more than 3X value. Uh, is, you know, Travis Kelsey's projection is right around 19 to 20, depending on what site you're looking at. And he's almost 3K more. So, yeah. Good stuff. So I have uh, in the mid-tier, uh, Mr. Gerald Everett. We mentioned already about this game being, you know, the 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 game where the Las Vegas Raiders are worst against the pass, and Justin Herbert's going to throw the ball 80-plus percent of the time sometimes against Las Vegas at 4.4. Um, I don't love this option, but if you're going to work in that mid-tier, I do like Everett as a, as a sort of a pivot off some of the other guys that Tim's going to talk about here in just a second. Um, but, yeah, I you know, Everett's been a solid t- tight end all year long. And Herbert goes to him when, you know, they get down and close. So, uh, and he's pretty athletic, too. He's one of those tight ends that he catches the ball and gets run up to catch stuff, too, as well. So I, I do like Everett a lot. You got two guys there, Tim. Go ahead and talk about both of them real quick. Yeah. Uh, year in, year out, we see that the way you win big GPPs is being able to separate by tight end, right? Like, sometimes you'll see one of these 3K guys win a, a G- big GPP, but mostly it's in these 5K guys. It's picking the right one of these guys in the mid-range. And uh, if it's not George Kittle this week, I think it could be TJ Hawkinson. Uh, I already mentioned that I really like this Viking and Jets game. I think it could go under-owned. Since he got to Minnesota, he basically immediately took over as the number two pass catcher, right? In the last three weeks, he had six targets, nine targets, ten targets, nine targets. Like, he is, you know, so I expect the Jets are going to try and take Justin Jefferson out of this game as much as they can. And that's going to open up the middle for TJ Hawkinson. Another 10 target game incoming. Yep. 
Yeah, agreed, one hundred percent. And at fifty two hundred, he's a he's definitely a good option. Um, and then you got. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've seen him have a forty point game. Obviously, that was with Jared Goff, not with Kirk Cousins. But you know, like we're talking about, if you're looking for that guy that's going to win, you know, break the slate, as they say, you know, twenty five plus points at tight end. You know, who? How many guys can really do that on this slate? Agreed. Right? Maybe four. And uh, you know, he's a little cheaper than some of the others. Agreed. And you got one more there. You got Muth. The Muth is loose. Exactly. Yeah, I mentioned him a little bit when I was talking about George Kittle. Because I think, like, if you look at, like, projections and, like, points per dollar, he's popping in a lot of models. And, like, I get he fits well into builds this week. Well, I mentioned at the top of the show that I think David Njoku was going to be the chalk tight end until he got ruled out, right? And I don't think everybody's going to hop to Harrison Bryant, right? Some people may, might play a guy we're going to talk about here in a second. But I think a lot of guys are going to go up to uh, Pat Fryerman. Right. Uh, he, you know, he's got, again, good, solid, uh, solid target volume week in and week out. You know, he's priced right at about forty three hundred. But I'm going to say it like two weeks ago against uh, Cincinnati, he had 12 targets, only four last week against Indianapolis. But, um, you know, I, I think he's a good play. Like If he's like your last guy in and you need that 700 down from Kittle, I, I get it. But I just think the upside of Kittle is so much more than than Fryer Muth. Yeah, I agree 100. percent I think Muth is a solid tight end. If you get, you know, if you set your lineup and you got, you know, that amount left, you put Muth in there and you feel confident putting him in there. You're not punting tight end really. So I, I like that pick there. Uh, we'll move down into the value tier here, and I'll mention the guy that you just talked about. Uh, I wrote him down here because of his price. Um, Harrison Bryant, two point seven. Um, but I am a little bit worried about him. He's more of just the punt tight end. He's the cheapest one, I think, that I feel comfortable playing uh, this week. You know, he could catch a touchdown and, and be fine. But I'm a little worried about Watson, like we mentioned at the, at the top there. Um, but at 2.7, he's kind of hard to ignore. So I, I do I do like him. And so you need to punt the tight end position. I think Harrison Bryant's a good option. All right, go to go to one of your other tight ends there. Yeah, I only really want to talk about one guy here, and that's Foster Moreau. Um, I think he's going to be the other cheap guy that people are going to go to this week. Again, uh, again, he's a guy that we've consistently seen good target volume out of. Um, you know, like I said, the last few weeks, right, seven targets. He only had three against Denver, but four, five, nine targets. Uh, he's a guy that they, and most of all, he's getting the targets in the red zone, right, which is what you're really looking for. So at 3600 they just refuse to raise his price. He's not somebody that's going to break the slate for you. Uh, but again, if you're paying somebody down in the value tight end, you're really just hoping they score a touchdown and that you hit on every other slot. Yep, I like that. Um, I do have one more guy in my value tier as well. Um, Hayden Hurst, if you want a, a cheap exposure to the, the Cincinnati-Kansas City game, uh, 3.5 for Hurst. He had nine targets last week. It's his, it's his season high, but he has had eight and seven in games past. So in a game that we expect to be high scoring, uh, it's not out of the you know, out of the realm of possibilities that Hayden Hurst gets a, a touchdown, maybe even two touchdowns at 3.5. He's a cheap way to get exposure to that game. All right. And you want to talk yeah, about the only other guy I had was a uh, Tyler Conklin, AKA Gronklin. The only reason I had him is because I, as you mentioned a minute ago, he was the cheapest guy that I felt comfortable with. Right. Like if we were talking about, if you're building your stack and you got every other player there and you only have three K for tight end, you can do worse than Tyler. Conklin. Agreed. And we talked about Mike White, and he targeted him last week, too. So uh, it's wheels up for the Jets' offense right now with Mike White back there. (laughs) All right, let's go ahead and get to the running backs. 
It's time for Running Backs. <laughs> Running Backs. All right, we'll start with you because you got uh, in capital letters there a guy that you almost put as your lock of the week. I sure did. You already knew who I was going to go for. Mr. Uh, Nick Chubb, a.k.a. Chubb for Chubb. Uh, I play this guy uh, every time I have an opportunity. And we've been, like I said, all year we've been targeting the Houston Texans with running back, right? And this is the perfect spot. Like I said, Deshaun Watson's first game, I think they're going to give him 20-plus touches against one of the worst run defenses in the league. And he's 8K, like he's priced where he should be. But yeah, I see Joe Figueroa in the chat. Got a chub for chub. Absolutely. Right. Like that's the way I'm going this week. I talked about it from my first look. Um, I said, how do you not play Nick Chubb this week? I think there's one other guy that's very viable um, who obviously broke the slate last week. <laughs> yeah. uh, but this week, I think it's Nick, uh, Nick Chubb's turn to, to break the slate. Yeah, I like that play a lot. Yeah, I love Nick Chubb. Um, so my guy, uh, I put him in here. and I'm gonna go with him because he's got a drop. Mr. King Henry uh, at 8.1 against Philly. So two weeks ago, the commanders laid the blueprint on how you beat the Eagles and it's run the ball, run the ball, and then run some more. And that's what the yeah. Titans have been doing for a couple of years now with Henry back there. Uh, I think last week the Packers tried to do it. They just fell behind. They couldn't stop the, the Eagles offense and had to pass the ball more than they wanted to. But they still averaged five yards per carry last week. So uh, the, the the run defense for the Eagles is not great. As long as Tennessee can stay in the game and continue to give Henry the, the touches at 8.1, uh, I think he's a great option this week. Yeah, I thought this was wild. Philadelphia Eagles are number two DVOA against the pass and number 24 DVOA against the run. Yeah, it's a, it's a like, big disparity. That's one disparity. of the biggest run funnels in the league, man. Yep, that's so, crazy. yeah, the, the, we'll talk about the guy here in a second. Like, I'll give it away. It's, it's going to be A.J. Brown uh, when we get to wide receivers. If you do the Hurts, Henry, A.J. Brown stack, I don't think it's going to be super owned this week. And that's probably my one of my favorite stacks. So just uh, key in for later. Good stuff. Yeah, I'll go ahead and mention the guy you said broke the slate last week, uh, Josh, Josh Jacobs, 7.9, uh, going against the, the Chargers there. Chargers is a 29th DVOA, fourth most points to running backs. Uh, they give up, up the league worst 5.4 yards per carry. Uh, as long as he's healthy, we had a little bit of issue with him potentially not, you know, not being healthy. But I think he should be good to go at 7.9. Jacobs uh, is a is a great play this week. Um, yep. did, did you want to mention Eckler at all? I know you have him on your sheet as well. He's kind of a uh... yeah. I mean, the thing about Eckler, we talked about it earlier with Justin Herbert, is they just throw the ball so much, right? You're really getting almost a wide receiver one volume, and he's still getting you know what eight to ten rushes a game. Uh, and, you know, he had a bad game earlier in the year against Las Vegas, but I think that they were still trying to kind of figure out what his role was going to be. And now we've seen what his role is going to be right last week against Arizona, 15 targets, 11 receptions. So when you're getting that kind of volume at running back, you're always in play. So I love Austin Eckler this week. He's in that late window. He gives you that exposure. Uh, and I don't think, uh, you know, he's going to be popular, but I don't think he'll be as popular as he normally would be. Uh, because some of the other guys we're going to talk about here in a minute. Yeah, and one of those guys is my lock of the week. Lock, lock it in. All right, so yeah, if you saw on YouTube or if you saw the link anywhere on social media, I put him as our poster child for this week's show, uh, Mr. Damian Pierce, going up against Cleveland, 5.9. 
Uh, you know, Tim mentioned how bad the, the Texans are against the run. Well, the, the team that's just behind them is the Cleveland Browns, 31st DVOA versus the run. Uh, they've given up 14 RB1 or RB2 games in 11 games because they had their bye week. So they played 11 games and they've given up 14 RB1 or RB2 games, which means they gave up more than one in a game. Uh, second worst, uh, uh, most points allowed versus the running backs. So uh, Damian Pierce, he's had a couple bad games, which brought his price down a little bit. Maybe people are a little scared to play him now. They're not worried, a little bit worried about him. But at 5.9, he'll be in most of my lineups for sure. Yeah, and I think it's entirely possible Cleveland comes out slow. Like the thing about Damian Pierce is he's very game flow dependent. Yeah. Right? So I think there's a good shot that Cleveland comes out slow and he's able to play the whole first half out of, you know, whereas last last couple of weeks the game script got completely turned upside down and they had no real use for him. They had to throw the ball. So yep. I, I think this work week could really, really work out for Damian Pierce. And uh, because of some of the value that opened up, again, uh, he'll be popular. Uh, but like you said, he should be a lock in every lineup, particularly in cash. Agreed. Is there any chance you play Chubb and uh, and Pierce in the same in the same lineup? Probably not, right? <sighs> I would say probably not. I think they're both good plays, but they're I, as we just talked about the game scripts where they both go off. Um, I mean, it's certainly possible both teams are going to want to run the ball in this game, right? They have two of the better run blocking offensive lines and two of the worst pass blocking offensive lines, so. Uh, I mean, we've seen it before, right? Usually it's two pass-catching running backs, and Damian Pierce doesn't really catch the ball. Uh, but, I mean, 100 yards and two touchdowns? Yeah, man, he gets there. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say the same I thing. I wouldn't do it in cash, though, for Definitely sure. Definitely not in cash. I was going to say the same thing about pass-catchers. Usually you see one, you know, two pass-catchers, at least one pass-catcher in there, and you know, because one team's going to be up, and they're going to be running the ball a bit more than the other one. And one's playing catch up and throwing the ball. So I, I, I don't see a scenario where they both, you know, sort of go off. I can see them both having solid games, you know, and meeting value, right. but not not really smashing value. Um, I do like that. All right, move down to the mid-tier here. Go ahead and give us one of your mid-tier guys. Yeah, so every week, I guess when you're playing the Packers, you just figure out, do you take the rushing quarterback or do you take the running back? And you guys know I hate playing David Montgomery, but he is getting the volume, man. And the Packers are so, so bad against the run. At 6,200, he's just so tempting. Uh, it's going to be really, really hard for me not to play David Montgomery. Yeah. Uh, like last it. week, he had 14 rushes with four targets. week before that, 17 rushes with four targets. I mean... 20 opportunities for about 6K. I mean, it's really hard not to play David Montgomery this week, unless you just think Justin Fields is going to run the ball 15 times again. Yeah, and it's, that's possible too. It's definitely, you know, game script that could be in there. All right, so uh, I'm going to go with there's two guys kind of in the mid-tier, and I like both of them. I don't know which one I want to play more than the other. Um, and, they're, and they're Tim's boys, uh, Aaron Jones and A.J. A. Dillon. Dylan had a bit of a resurgence last week. Uh, I think he averaged eight yards per carry. They're giving the ball a little bit more than they have in the past, at least in better scenarios. Uh, yeah. He's he's cheaper, obviously, 5.6. Jones is 6.9. Chicago, I believe, is like, if it's, they're not the worst, they're down at the bottom, 29th, I believe, twenty you know somewhere in that range, the DBOA versus the run. Um, so I, I do like uh, Jones and Dylan. I think you mentioned, Tim, that you know this game, you still favor the Packers in this game. So if that game script goes that way, you could see a lot more running. And uh, obviously with the injury too to Aaron Rodgers, who knows how much more they're going to hand the ball off. Yeah, I do. I think they're going to focus on the running game in this game. The last game against Chicago, Aaron Jones was 15 for 132 and a touchdown. Uh, he absolutely kills the Bears. So I I'm going to favor Aaron Jones. What I would put on the sheet was if one of them, would, you know, we sometimes uh, peek behind the curtain, y'all. 
sometimes I fill out the sheet some on um, Wednesdays and Thursdays when I'm doing my research. And then I come back on Fridays and make little edits, right? So both of these guys were kind of limited in practice earlier in the week, but both of them practice in full on Friday and no longer have an injury designation. So I think there's a good chance that, you know, Aaron Jones is the lead back, gets the majority of the touches, and he's the guy you want to pay for. Yeah, I think uh, Dylan's the pivot, right? I mean, you, you go Jones if you're, you know, going to play that game and you want the best running back, you play Jones. But if you want to sort of pivot and play a different game script, you go Dylan at 5.6. Yeah, I want to say this, though. I've seen some people talking about playing Aaron Jones in cash. We saw the last time what happened when you play Aaron Jones in cash, so don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> it, I, it may be tempting. It may fit well into builds, but don't do it. Yeah. Uh, you got one guy there that's dependent on uh, Joe Mixon. I think he's still put uh, in concussion protocol and may not play. Yeah, last I looked, Joe Mixon was still in concussion protocol. So we've seen Samaje Ryan be very productive in his absence. He actually played in this exact game in the AFC title game last year and had a really good game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Scott, shout out. No more Aaron Jones and cash. Uh, but I do think you can play Ryan. I think he's a really good play at 6K this week. If Joe Mixon is ruled out, uh, I'm not saying play him in cash, but again, we want as much exposure to this Cincinnati uh, Kansas City Chiefs game as we can get. And to get a running back in that game for 6K uh, that gets used in, you know, running game in the pass game, I think he's a, a good play. But again, only if Mixon's out. Agreed. Uh, and I have Ken Walker on there uh, at the Rams at 7K. And if you just look at the stats, you just look at the numbers, it doesn't look like a good matchup. Uh, they're very good against the run. Um, but Aaron Donald's not playing in this game, which is going to dramatically change the way this, yeah. this defense is going to look. Um, so Indeed. I still like Ken Walker. I think he will be lower owned because of that. You know, they're, I think they're they're showing up as fifth DVOA uh, against the run, which usually you try to avoid that. But without Aaron Donald, that's going to change things dramatically. Uh, so give me Ken Walker at 7K there. All right. So about, I don't know, six or seven hours ago, we had some really good values that were there. And then all of a sudden they uh, they kind of disappeared. And me and me and Tim both crossed them off our list to the point that I don't even have a value running back. Uh, but Tim, you got one down there you want to talk about. It'll probably be pretty chalky. Well, I, I do want to mention the guys because there is still a chance that Antonio Gibson may not play. He's questionable. He's expected to play. But if Antonio Gibson does not play, I think Brian Robinson becomes one of the most popular plays on the slate. You want to run the ball against the Giants. Washington has proven they'll give this guy 20-plus touches. And like I said, he's 5,200. So I think he'll be very popular. Um, the guy we know is going to be popular now is Zonovan Knight, right? Michael Carter is currently listed as doubtful. He's been basically limited all week. He's not expected to play in this game. Yeah, there's going to be some Ty Johnson. I think that we talked about it in the pre-show. The biggest thing to watch here is whether or not James Robinson is activated for Sunday. Yeah. Right. If you pay attention to that Sunday uh, final inactive report and you see James Robinson is inactive, I think Zonovan Knight at 4,600 is an absolute law, yep. uh, especially in cash. Uh, as uh, Scott in the chat says, here's to the night. Uh, that's that's going to be our theme this week nice. if James Robinson is inactive. Good stuff. And, and one of the other guys, too, that we were kind of dependent on injury, it's kind of funny, it's kind of switched. So Najee Harris was not expected to play, so I was all over Jalen Warren. And now Najee Harris is expected to play, and Jalen Warren is questionable. So he's I awfully... did see that. He was he went from not being on the injury report to suddenly on the injury report. Yep, yep. At 4.9, he would have been a good play, but uh, obviously not anymore. All right, let's get to the wide receiver. We, we talked about it with Josh Jacobs. 
But uh, I had a question. If you know Josh Jacobs is expected to play at this point, but if Josh Jacobs was a late scratch, are you playing one of the Raiders guys? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think okay. it's more of a committee at that point. I agree. But man, they just gave him so much volume last week. That was absolutely insane. Yeah, for a guy that wasn't was you know potentially not going to play in the game, all of a sudden he gets this huge amount of volume and just goes bonkers with it. All right, yeah, he the, should be okay though. Let's get to the receivers. And now, wide receivers. Receivers. All right, there's a good amount of guys here in the elite tier that we're looking at. Uh, why don't you go ahead and kick us off here, Tim? Yeah, I'm going to, man, it's, it, for me, it's A.J. Brown, right? Not only does this match up perfectly because Tennessee Titans are such a hard pass funnel, um, but they also give up the most deep uh, completions. And A.J. Brown is obviously the deep threat on that team, right? Especially since uh, Dallas Goddard has been out, uh, they've been using uh, Devonta Smith on a lot more of the uh, shorter routes, the crossing routes, the underneath stuff, and they've been using Antonio, or sorry, AJ Brown to Antonio, AJ Brown down the field. Um, but then you get the ultimate revenge factor. You know, I love a good revenge narrative. Uh, playing against the Tennessee Titans, who decided that you know they were going to trade him away for Traylon Burks. And uh, he's going to absolutely smash them for it in this game. So, yep. you know, 10 catch, 150, uh, two touchdown game incoming for A.J. Brown. And if you don't have it, then uh, you're going to be missing out. Absolutely. And he's even said something on Twitter about it. He didn't really come out and say that he's looking forward to, you know, smashing them or anything. But he's made a couple comments here and there about how they kind of uh, botched that whole thing and didn't even tell him about the trade and finds out on draft day he's being traded and the whole nine. So he definitely wants to have a big game here. So I actually, on my weekly thread on the DFS roundtable, I posted all of the players that have the revenge narrative this week, right? And a lot of the players are like, oh, you know, this is a team game. It's not about one player. It's not about that team. It's about us playing what we got to do, you know, all that kind of shit. And AJ Brown just straight up came out. He's like, nah, basically fuck that team, right? That's for you, G. <laughs> right? Like they, they, they botched that whole deal and they got rid of me for, you know, somebody and, and, I, and I still got it, so. I think he's just going to absolutely torch him this week. When the revenge matches up with the scheme, oh man, lock it in. Good stuff. And we have uh, we have a uh, someone who doesn't make a lot of appearances in the show, but the the B League. If you watched his show B-League. before before our show, he does the the B League pickums for underdog. Um, but he wants to know uh, who's the better play, Mike White or Jared Goff this week, Tim? For me, it's Mike White. I, I think that I love home golf. I know I know that's your boy. Uh, but I think that they've proven when they get in close, they are going to run Jamal Williams. And that just kind of caps some of his touchdown upside, where I think the Vikings are a pretty good pass, or sorry, pretty good run D. So Mike Williams is going to, I'm sorry, Mike White is going to have to throw, throw, throw. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned I'm going golf, so we didn't really help you out there, B League. If we had Gerson here, we could have broke nope. the tie. But and, and and the league is yeah, I say the the chat is split too. We got Kyle Sinra saying I'm going golf, and Joe Figueroa saying Mike White. Yep. Uh, we got another one golf, so I guess we're going golf. All right. Uh, so the league guy I want to talk about, uh, Tyree Kill going up against you, my. You want to do a beer bet on that one, Jeff? Let's and do it, Gerson. Let's yeah, let's do a beer bet. Let's All do right. it. There you go. All right, there it is for y'all. Beer bet, Mike White versus Jared Goff. Yep. As long as they both they both stay healthy, if one of them gets hurt, scratch the bet. But if they're both healthy to the start of the end of the game, then yeah, well, that, that's good. Book thing. it. Uh, all right, so Tyree Kill. Um, I watched obviously the last game with the against the 49ers, and the Cardinals figured out sort of a, a way 
to uh, beat the the defense for the 49ers is basically put your best receiver in the slot. Um, Shavarius exactly Ward. Right. Match him up with Jimmy Ward. Yep, exactly. <laughs> um, so, you know, D-Hop was being uh, shadowed by Shavarius Ward, who uh, did not follow him into the slot. So they just kept putting D-Hop in the slot continually. And every time I saw him in the slot, I knew where they were going. Um, so Tyreek Hill is lined up in the slot this year at, at 28% of the time, which isn't a ton. Uh, but I do think they put him in the slot a little bit more often this week to get him some touches. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I think Tyreek Hill has a big week against us. Uh, I hope he doesn't. But uh, if I play in my lineups, I kind of uh, hedge my bets there. And if he goes off, I'll at least have him in my lineups. Yeah, I actually thought the same thing. Is I feel like they've been uh, using Tyreek Hill in the slot more recently. And using Waddle and like Sherfield and guys like River Craycraft outside, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is just really crazy, just the way Mike McDaniel's can use all that guy. But uh, yeah, I love Tyree Kill this week. Yeah. Um, the, I, it really pains me to say this, um, but it, I'm going to go back to Devontae Adams again this week. He he kind of let me down a little bit last week um, because I mean you can't put up 30 points every week, right? But he's still got the 11 targets that you're looking for. So let me go over his last four games. 17 targets, 14 targets, 13 targets, 11 targets, right? Whatever he said to Derek Carr, he's made sure he's gotten his volume week in and week out. Uh, we've talked about, I think this is going to be a shootout game between the Chargers and the Raiders. Uh, and at 87, I mean, you're looking for guys who can break the slate, right? People are going to, you know, I, I don't think, I haven't looked at his ownership. Give me a second, I can look it up. But when I was looking at it earlier, he wasn't too high. Here, right? I, got, Maybe, I got it pulled yeah. up. Uh, I don't have receivers pulled up, of course. Okay, I was say, I have them at like 15%, which is a, a little high, but it's not so high that you don't play them. Yeah, and I he's agree. he's got that, you know, 40-point type upside that only a few guys have. Yeah, and he, he, people are going to be a little bit scared of him, too, because of what they, what he did to them last week. So, actually, I have him quite lower. Um, I got him at 9.6% ownership, so um, that yeah. can change before this. You know. I like him much better around 10, but either way, I think he's in play. Agreed. Um, I'll just mention the last guy. He's pretty much there all the time. Uh, Justin Jefferson, 8.9 versus the Jets. Um, you could play him. Obviously, you could play him pretty much any week. He's matchup proof. So let's go ahead and move down into the value or the mid tier here. And this guy was uh, was your lock of the week till about a minute before the show started. So talk about the sun god. Yeah. So uh, this is a shout out to the chat who says that, you know, I always. Uh, you know, try and go with the easy plays. <laughs> uh, I wasn't going to let that happen this week. Uh, I think Amonra St. Brown is kind of the clear lock in cash uh, this week. He should be locked into your lineups. He's going to be 30 plus percent owned in tournaments and probably 50 plus percent owned in cash. Um, his target volume at 7,100 is just insane. Since TJ Hawkinson has left, he's commanded almost 30, 30% market share of Jared Goff's targets. and he runs the majority of his routes out of the slot and the Jacksonville, you beat them through the slot, right? Their outside receivers are actually pretty decent, but their slot, sorry, their slot corner is terrible. So I think this is going to be one of those games where home golf just peppers. So if I end up losing this beer bet, it's because the sun God has like <laughs> two touchdowns and 150 yards. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to go with – I'm going to mention Keenan Allen. I mentioned him pretty much every time he's in that that's that below 7K range. But uh, I want to talk about Christian Kirk uh, in that same game yep. going against Detroit at 6.3. These are his targets over the last couple of weeks. 10 targets, 7 targets, 9 targets, 12 targets, 9 targets. Uh, he just – 
he proved us all wrong, right? In the offseason, we're all like, oh, man, this guy got a, a, a receiver one contract, and he's not that good. Well, he's balling out this year, and him and Trevor Lawrence have a good connection. Uh, in that high total game, I like uh, Christian Kirk a lot. I like the other guy, too. We'll talk about here in just a minute. Uh, but both both receivers there are pretty good. Going oh, I thought Detroit. you were going to talk about your boy for sure, because every week we're playing Keenan Allen. Yeah, <laughs> um, and we're we're seeing that. You know, last week they were still kind of scaling him up a little bit, but this week he's going to be full go. And Keenan Allen absolutely owns the Raiders. Uh, throughout his career, he has classically owned this team. Uh, I, I looked at it earlier again. Uh, he's averaging almost twenty DraftKings points against the Raiders. Uh, I, I like I said, sixty five hundred. I don't know if he's quite a lock. Uh, but he's very close to a lock. There are a lot of guys in this mid-range. Like you said, Kirk, Allen, uh, St. Brown, another guy we're going to talk about here in a second that are all so good. Uh, you can only play so many of them, man. But I think this mid-range is where you're going to be living, particularly in cash. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, so we do have two more mid-tiers here. we got plenty of time to get to them. So I'm going to talk about uh, you know another guy uh, in that um, Chargers offense and I mentioned earlier. Uh, Mr. Palmer at 5.6 going against the, uh, I have him against the Chargers. Obviously, he's uh, playing against Las Vegas. I wrote him down going against the Chargers. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so 5.6. I think him and uh, DeAndre Carter seem to be alternating good games with uh, Mike Williams out. Yeah. And I think this will be the Palmer week at 5.6. Uh, I think he's a good play. And you have a guy that I wanted to put him in there, but man, he's burned me the last two weeks. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So before I do, I want to talk about T. Higgins. Uh, I, I think a lot of people are going to be going to Jamar Chase this week because he's expected to be back. And I think the play is T. Higgins. He's proven multiple times that he can go off even when Chase is in the game. But I think from a scheme fit, this is going to be a week where they're going to try and take Chase out of the game, and it's going to be a T. Higgins one-on-one -on -one down the sideline week. And we've seen him have those 40-point-plus weeks. Um, so like last week, obviously, Chase was out. There was a lot of traffic on T. Higgins. This week, I think he'll come in in a lower, a lower percentage. So I'm all over T. Higgins this week. Um, but the guy that you alluded to was Terry McLaurin. Um, yes, he has absolutely burned me the last two weeks. He was almost my one bad. Uh, last week, it came down to Juju versus uh, Terry McLaurin. And in the end, it didn't matter because they both suck. <laughs> uh, uh, thankfully, that didn't matter. Uh, but um, I think this is a perfect, again, we're talking scheme fit. The way the Giants play defense, cover one, means they're going to be playing a lot of man-on-man. -man. And Terry McLaurin absolutely kills man defense. So at 5,800, he's the same price he's been. He's still been getting good volume, but now you're going to get him at a lower ownership uh, because people are like, oh, man, he's burned me the last couple of weeks. That recency bias is going to get him good. So yep. go back to McLaurin. The volume's been there. Uh, the points will come this week. Agreed. All right, we'll move down into the value tier, and I'm going to pick one of the values that won't be as chalky as some of the guys we'll talk about. Uh, Mr. George Pickens at 5.1 versus Atlanta. Uh, they're 29th versus the pass, and we've seen that uh, Kenny Pickett loves throwing to Pickens. He seems to have uh, that connection with him, and I think at 5.1, there's some guys in that same range that are going to be chalky that we'll talk about here in a second. I think he's the one that's going to kind of uh, slide in the background there, and he'll be, uh, he could have yeah. a big game against Atlanta. What yeah, I don't. I think that if uh, Amonra St. Brown is not the highest owned wide receiver on the slate, it's because it's going to be Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson is absolute stone chalk this week at 5,300. Uh, we saw Mike White last week basically look up and try and find Garrett Wilson on every, especially when they got in the red zone. Yep. I mean, it was insane. I mean, he smashed last week, but the volume and the targets were there. It wasn't just the touchdowns. And I don't think they raised his price enough. You know, like I said, this guy is going to be 25 plus percent owned in tournaments and probably 40 plus percent owned in cash. 
Um, you almost have to have him if, if you don't. And like he goes off like he did last week. We've talked about it. Minnesota Vikings basically give up the most points to wide receivers, particularly outside wide receivers. Uh, so, I mean, it just everything lines up for a Stone Wilson smash week. I love it. Uh, so currently, uh, Roto Grinders has this guy as the number two. I think they have Garrett Wilson at number three. Uh, but they have Zay Jones as the second highest owned receiver at 4.9. Yeah. He is showing up as questionable, so make sure you check his status. Uh, I've already mentioned Christian Kirk and his connection. Well, Zay Jones has been coming on of recent. Uh, he has a couple games here where he had 10 targets in Week 10 and then 14 targets in Week 12, which is last week. Um, so I definitely love Zay Jones this week at 4.9. Just make sure he's going to be in the game. So we think we mentioned basically every every vi- viable play in this game. <laughs> so yeah, play anybody from this game pretty much. Um, all so right. you know, I generally don't like to recommend Packers, and, and I kind of almost skipped over talking about Aaron Jones earlier. Uh, but I'm sick of not talking about this guy, and it's Christian Watson. Um, in the last couple of weeks, this dude has been absolutely smashing. I've been playing him and trying to like kind of keep it low key. Like, oh man, I don't want to recommend a Packer again. Uh, after you know Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones burned so many people, but dude, his his not the volume is there as well. But again, they're targeting him in the red zone. And you saw uh, what's the quote from Darius Slay? When somebody's so fast that somebody takes the right angle and you just outrun their angle, that dude's fast, fast. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's what Christian Watson is. He's fast, fast. So I already talked about it at the top of the show. I don't. I'm not playing Aaron Rodgers stacks this week, but I do want pieces of this game. And the guy that I think has the best opportunity to actually smash value is Christian Watson. Yep, I love that call. Uh, so we have a couple more guys in our value to here, but I want to make sure we get to the rest of the stuff here. So that we're just going to mention a few guys. Um, Sky. Well, I, I really want to give out the shout out to Gerson. All right, go last ahead. Last week, Gerson's Gerson's sick call of the week last week was Sky Moore, and even though from our metric he didn't hit value, right? Um, the, the targets were there. Like they used him more than almost anybody not named Travis Kelsey. And I think they're going to continue to use him more and more as you go on. And he's only 3,100. Yeah. Like at 3,100, you need less than 10 DraftKings points to hit value and you can fit in like literally everything else on the slate. Right. And so I, I'm going to be very tempted to have, uh, be overexposed on sky more this week. Because, I mean, he has a realistic target expectation of, like, six or seven targets yeah, at, at 3,100. Yeah. I mean, he's playing that kind of Miko Hardman role right now. We talked about it. MVS is not 100%, right? They're moving the ball around to different. You know, at this point, how can you really project much more volume for Juju than you can for Sky Moore? And it's a 2,500 difference. Yeah. Like, it's really kind of insane. So. It's- it's funny because when he came into the league, you know, we did our, our rookie profiles over the summer. We got a lot of comps to Debo Samuel. And, you know, watching the game last week, kind of looks like Debo Samuel. He's kind of big like that. He's, 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 a, he's a big receiver. So I like that play at 3,100. Um, I have DPJ there uh, at Houston 4.9. It's more about his targets recently. I know, obviously, they get a quarterback change in Watson, but Watson loves to throw the deep ball. Uh, and that's where DPJ likes to live in. So against Houston, I think he can have a, one or two big plays and pay off his 4.9 yeah, salary. He's got good splits without Njoku as well. Yeah, good call. All right, let's get to our defense. Defense, 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 defense. All right, Tim, give us the defenses this week. All right, so I think the cash defense is the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? Uh, I think T.J. Watt is expected to play. Their defense kind of goes with him and Minka Fitzpatrick, who will play. 
Um, they're really the only team under 3K that has a realistic sack potential uh, of more than like three or four expected sacks. So I think if you're going to pay down here, there's not a lot of upside. Um, but there is tremendous upside for your team. That would be the San Francisco 49ers um, because the tackle situation is dire in Miami. Um, they have two tackles that are not expected to play. Austin Jackson's already been rolled out, and Teron Armstead is listed as doubtful. And I was looking at some stats when Teron Armstead has been off the field, and they are a below-average team. So it could be one of those things where they just run, uh, you know, blitz to all day. They're in his, you know, face, and he just can't get anything done. And then at 3,100, like, I looked at it, and if you're looking at all the other defenses that have the sack potential that 49ers do, they're all, like, 3,700, you know, close to 4,000. But they're only 3,100. So yeah. I think you can get up to them. That 500 from the Steelers could end up being a difference of five-plus points. Yeah, agreed. And, and it's funny, Tim, I had on the sheet Armstead doubtful. And I, I thought I was going to correct him and say he's not doubtful. He's playing. But I was talking about Eric Armstead on the defensive side of the ball. He will be back. Uh, he's a game wrecker. He obviously can t- take on the double teams and what's freezed up Bosa to get those sacks. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like my team this week against them. And the Niners actually, when Armstead is playing, uh, blitz the least. So they're going to be able to sit back in coverage and just send four guys and still get pressure on Tua. Uh, I think that'll be the game plan. So I, I definitely like the, the defense this week. Uh, I have I have one yeah, pivot. The only thing that scares me away from Tua stacks this week is that Teron Armstead injury, man. Yeah. Because that game could go south in a hurry. Yep. Good call. I have one pivot, and then you can mention your punt defense. Uh, my p- pivot is the Jets. Uh, the Jets, I, I didn't go through every single team, but uh, the ones I went through, the Jets are the only team this year to not have a negative point game uh, as far as the defense goes. And they're the same price as you mentioned, uh, the um, the Steelers at 2600 Jets yeah. go up against Minnesota. And, you know, the Jets have played some good offenses. They played Buffalo. They played Cincinnati. They played Miami uh, and still haven't had any negative point games against those teams. So I, I like the Jets this week as well as a pivot off the, the cash Steelers. And then yeah, you got. We know Kirk Cousins is liable to give you at least one pick a game, yep. right? And uh, so I agree. I like the Jets this week. I think that's a good call. Uh, the punt defense for me is the Texans, right? I think if you're, as we talked about, if you're doing your lineup and you have the dealers and you have the perfect lineup, or you think and you need that extra couple hundred dollars, um, I think that this game. I don't think the Texans are going to give you ten DraftKings points, but I don't think they're going to go negative, right? Like you were just talking about. Yep. So if that's like your last selection. Um, I talked about it. They know Deshaun Watson, right? It's his first game back. He's going to be a little bit rusty. And I think they could easily have a, a bad handoff or a bad snap or, you know, him throw a pick. And, uh, you know, we're, if they return it, they're already smashing. But yeah. um, I think that the Texans could could pay off here. So uh, I still I don't know that I would recommend playing them in cash unless you just absolutely need the money. Uh, but I, I don't think they will. Like I said, I don't think they'll give you a negative score. Yeah, I like that. And and just real quick, a real strategy tip um, that I kind of, you know, talked to someone this past weekend about is if you're trying to decide between playing a defense or paying up to get a certain player, always pay for the player to always yeah. pay down at the defense because um, defense is so highly variant. Yep, exactly. Like you can't like we have what we project to be the highest defense based on, you know, offensive line and blitz rates and things like that. But I mean, ultimately, a ball, you know, as they say, it's a it's a weird ball. It does, you know, and that's exactly what happens. Yep. His defensive scoring is so so highly variant. Um, I was looking it up while we were in this that 
Houston's average, uh, you know, 18th in terms of pressure rate. But I mean, like I said, it, all they need is a little bit. Yep. At, at 2,300, what do you really need? Yep. Agreed. All right, let's get to our stacks. Going for two.com's weekly stack report. All right, Tim, you go first here. Give me your stack this week. All right. Uh, I, I mentioned it earlier in the show. Uh, it's going to be Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, and Derek Henry, a.k.a. All Hail King Henry. It's an expensive stack, uh, but I think we talked about a number of value players that you can put around them uh, to be able to fit that stack. Um, one guy we didn't talk about that's been getting a lot of runs since Dallas Goddard's been out has been Quez Watkins. So if you do want a cheap guy to stick in that stack, you could go Hertz, Brown, Watkins, and Henry. Yeah, I like that. So originally, you can also go with Burks on the other side. But we talked about how Philly's. I'm really kind of out on Burks this week because we talked about Philly's basically Phillies. the biggest run funnel or one of the biggest run funnels in the league. Yep. So I think uh, the trail on Burks train takes the takes a week off this week. Agreed. Unless Henry fumbles the ball again and Burks recovers it in the end zone. Man, <laughs> how lucky was that? <laughs> Uh, so my stack originally, uh, I'm going to go ahead and give both stacks. I had uh, Jared Goff uh, with the Sun God and then coming back with either Zay Jones or Christian Kirk. But then I thought about it, and I want to get both Christian Kirk and Zay Jones into this lineup. Yeah. So I'm going to go the T-Law side, uh, get Trevor Lawrence, Christian Kirk, uh, get Zay Jones in there, and then bring it back with the Sun God. Um, this gets good exposure to this game. I do think it's going to be a, a shootout. I think it's we're going to see a very – Eagles Lions, if you remember that back from week one when it was like a super high scoring game, I think it's going to be similar to that this week. Um, so I want the exposure to that game. I'll probably run both stacks uh, opposite of each other in the same co- uh, contest. So, um, yeah. And, uh, you know, Gerson uh, uh, telepathically communicated to me his stack this week. It's Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and T. Higgins. So that is the Gerson stack of the week. Nice, nice. That is that's definitely a Gerson stack because it's an expensive stack that he likes to play in those tournaments. That's that's a good stack. All right, let's get to the sick call. And now, the sick call of the week. All right, Tim, kick us off here. Who's your sick call? Yeah, so you mentioned we talked about every viable player in the Detroit-Jacksonville game, right? No, <laughs> we did not talk about... DJ Chark, and I'm not going to sing the song, but I will talk about the revenge narrative. Um, since he's come back, like we talked about, you know, they've been struggling to find that number two receiver since TJ Hawkinson left behind uh, Monroe St. Brown. And the last couple of weeks, man, it looks like it's been DJ Chark. So uh, last week he had five targets. He only had one the week before, um, but I think he's going to see even more this week, and he's 3,800. Yeah. So if you're looking for somebody that can get open against this uh, Jacksonville defense, and you get the revenge narrative to go along with it. So DJ Chark, revenge week uh, is my sick call. I love it. I love it. And uh, Jamison Williams is going to take another week off. He'll come back next week. I do think he would cut into that little bit of workload, but uh, Sharks, yep. good sick call for the week. All right, so my guy was a, a sick call way back in week two. Um, it was more about me just kind of pumping up my guy. I like this guy a lot. Uh, it's Mr. Jordan Mason for the 49ers. We mentioned already that Christian McCaffrey is a little banged up. Uh, TDP has been banged up. He, I think he's going to be back this week. They obviously have tra- Travis Coleman. Uh, sorry, uh, I can't think of his name. No, Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman. Yeah, Tevin Coleman <laughs> on the practice squad that they could bring up. 
But uh, there was a comment from uh, Jimmy Garoppolo that leads me to believe that uh, Jordan Mason is going to be the guy you want. Um, I'll just read what he said. Uh, he says he makes it tough on the defenses, and I think those are body blows that wear you down in the fourth quarter. So it'll be interesting to see him with a full game. So that full game part there is the part that got me. It makes me sound like he's the number two option there. So if for any reason Christian McCaffrey, you know, doesn't play a full load of snaps or God forbid gets hurt again, Jordan Mason is the guy against Miami and they're not very good against the run. So at 4.5, I like Jordan Mason this week is my sick call. Yeah, I sent you a video today from Establish the Run. And this is everybody should go watch this video. It's called Nerdy by Nature. It's on the ETR Twitter. Um, I told you there's no analysis involved. But it's I'm down with TDP as in Tyrion Davis Price. Uh, I thought it was an excellent video, made me laugh. Yeah. You know, I love the old school rap jams, and it's kind of one of the themes of our show. So Jeff is not down with TDP this week. <laughs> He's telling you to play Jordan Mason. Yeah, and funny story on that on that video. So Tim sent me that video at work and I couldn't watch it. And he said, you know, it's a great video. You gotta watch it. So tonight I'm getting set up for my research for the show. And I have my computer with, you know, I got three monitors, so I have it set up. And I put the video in my right monitor, like thinking I'm going to listen to this to do some research. Because I think, you know, Tim said it's a good video to listen to. And it starts playing the down with TDP. I'm like, what the heck is this? I was so confused. But yeah, it's definitely worth checking out, guys, if you haven't seen it yet. It's awesome. Yeah, so we uh, want to give a shout out to Gerson. Obviously, he's sick. Couldn't, obviously, didn't make the show tonight. But uh, we're thinking about you, G. I know you'll catch it later. And uh, is, is he... He's scheduled to be on the Sunday show this week. As far as I know, yeah, he'll still be on the Sunday show. So if you missed him tonight, right. he should be there, hopefully. Well, if you want the answers to the test, tune in on Sunday. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Tim, let's go ahead and get out of here, man. Go ahead and give us the Facebook and the Twitter. Yeah, uh, obviously, uh, check out my thread every week, uh, DFS Roundtable. Um, week 13 thread, I do all of my charts and graphs, get a good uh, conversation going there. And then you can always find me on Twitter at DFS. Good stuff. As usual, guys, you can find me on Twitter at Jeff Lambert 77. So just some some programming notes here. Uh, In the past, we've kind of uh, stopped doing our DFS shows around week 15, week 16. uh, And our show next week for the Wednesday show will be the last show of this year. Uh, The DFS show, I'm still not sure what our last week will be, but we are getting down towards the end here. Uh, I'm debating and I haven't even asked Tim and Gerson this. So this would be like breaking news for Tim. I'm debating of doing a, a playoff DFS show. I think week 17 will skip because it's too too hard to figure out. But I think at least for those first two weeks with the seven teams yeah, now. Yeah, wild card week. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty fun. So I'm definitely in for that. Uh, you know, sh- should be a fun time. Good stuff. All right. Uh, for Tim, I'm Jeff. We will see you all next week. Lock, Lock it. it. <laughs> <laughs>